0: Dear friends, let us love one another. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. In a way, that's it. In in a nutshell, that's what St. John has been telling us all along throughout this letter of his. Dear friends, let us love one another. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. We've been dwelling in the first letter of John for a few Sundays now. Uh, we have spent three Sundays in the letter of 1 John itself. Last Sunday, we did a little detour into the gospel according to St. John. So still how John is telling the story, but in the gospel. And today we come to the last part of the letter in the division that that we did when we were planning for this, right? When we were preparing for this. And that's from John first John four seven to five twenty-one, right? Which is of course the last verse. Five twenty-one, the last verse in the whole letter. And that's how this section of the letter begins and ends. Dear friends, let us love one another. That's how verse 4-7 starts. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. That's verse 521. That's the very last thing that John says in this letter. And what I realized is that these verses pretty much sum it up. Or, or if you want to say it differently, they they provide a, a framework. They offer a framework for what St. John is saying and for what John is saying not only in this part of the letter, but throughout the whole thing. So don't worry if you haven't heard any of the other preachings in this series. Today is sort of a summing up, right? Uh, By the way, that's not even how we plan these series anyway. I thought I would just say that also. That's, there's always a thread connecting the preachings when we plan a series, uh, but it's not like you have to hear all of them or hear them in sequence for them to make sense or anything like that. That's not what it's all about. Of course, if you want to hear the other ones, uh, you, they're all available in our, in our podcast. Uh, but back to 1 John. Let me tell you what I mean when I say that these two little sentences uh, sum up a lot, I'm not going to say everything because St. John says a lot, but they sum up a lot of what St. John is saying in this letter. Dear friends, let us love one another. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Let us love one another. Keep yourselves from idols. These two things, I would argue, are the backbone of John's theological drive with this letter. Or or rather, not these two things in and of themselves, but the way in which these two things are inherently interconnected in the theology of St. John. Because for John, to keep ourselves from idols means to keep ourselves in God. To keep ourselves faithful to God. And to keep ourselves in God, to be born of God, means for St. John, to love. To love. And love for John is not something understood abstractly, but understood in the reality of relationships. Of human relationships and of relationships to God. And for John, all of this happens through Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And Christ as the incarnation of God and the perfect expression, yes, again, the incarnation of love. This is what John has been telling us all along. The mystery of love and the mystery of God Come together in Christ. We come to know both of these through their incarnation in Christ. I want to read with you. We're going to, I'm going to reference a lot of stuff, but today I want to read with you just one section from chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. It's, it's up on the screen there if you want to follow with me. Uh, and John says, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. The mystery of love and the mystery of of God, we come to know through their incarnation in Jesus Christ. We know God through his incarnation in Jesus Christ. We know love through her incarnation in Jesus Christ. Yet, that love, and this is important, this is so central to John, that love is known in the reality of the incarnated body of Christ. And that the love is known in the reality of the incarnated body of Christ means for John, not only that we love the story of his incarnation, but that we love the reality of his body. And that we love through the reality of his body. What this means is that we love the living, breathing bodies of the children of God. And this means that the living, breathing bodies of the children of God love the world. We love those around us in acts and moves and directions of love kindness, compassion, embrace. The way John puts it is he says, no one has ever seen God. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And for those of us who 2,000 years later reads these letters, none of us has ever seen Christ. Christ. Not in his bodily form as John had. But if we love one another, Christ lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We come to know God. We come to know love through the incarnated reality of the body of Jesus Christ. Both ascended and eternal but also present and eternal perishable to our senses but eternal in our faith
1: this is this is big and yet it's concrete right
0: this revelation that john speaks of it is a thing of wonder and it is a thing of awe but isn't it also a thing of trembling because if we know God and love through loving, can we ever know them? If we come to know God and we come to know love through this loving of the, that is the very character of God, can we ever know them? Because we know that we fail to love. If there's any common theme in humanity, we know that we fail to love. Our failure to love fills our songs, it fills our literature, it fills our bullets with lead and our bombs with atomic power. if there's something we know about ourselves and about humanity,
1: is that we fail to love. We know that our love is, it's not that it's inexistent. It's just, it's, it's fickle.
0: It's bent. It's, it's wayward. It's prone to selfishness. It's not that there isn't beauty of love. Of course there is. But it's so mixed up. We know love only in the reality of brokenness. The honey is for us always tasted on tongues used to bitterness. And the taste gets blended. But here's the thing, John isn't only saying, let us love one another, keep yourselves from idols. Love one another, keep yourselves from from idols. No, he says, dear friends, let us love one another. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Dear friends, dear children, and in the context of the letter of John, this is not just a platitude. This is not like when you start an email to somebody you don't know. No. Dear friends, dear children, beloved, whom Christ chooses to call friends. Right. This is the John who also tells, this is the John who also experiences Christ, say, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Beloved, whom Christ chooses to call friend. Cherished, whom God chooses to call daughters and sons. On the same letter, look what wonderful God, what wonderful love God has lavished on us that we would be called children of God. Dear friends, dear children, deeply longed for whom the Spirit chooses to move amongst
1: and even indwell. Dear children, dear friends.
0: And there are two things that John brings up in this last part of his letter. That for me, they, they fill up the sound. <laughs> they make reverberate and fill up the sound of God calling us dear friends and dear children. First, is that that God loved us first. He keeps on saying it. We heard it many times. We said it many times. We need to hear it again. That God loved us first. This is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved and sent His Son. We love because He first loved us. So the ground of love that we walk on is not one of our own making. We step and move on the foundations of God's love. We are invited into it. We are not creating the grounds of love so that we can take the next step. The foundation is laid in God himself and in Christ. And we are invited to walk on it. We don't have to conjure love from our own beings. God has set it there in his image and semblance, and he sets it anew in his presence in the world through Christ and the Spirit. And that leads me to, my second, to the second thing that I want to bring up, and that is that this God-given and God-present love, it casts away fear. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Uh, Now, this can be a hard one. This can be a difficult one. Because I confess that this, this verse, this last sentence, has sometimes, oftentimes, riddled me with guilt in the past. Because the way I read it, I didn't love well
1: enough. Because I still feared. I still do. I fear. So I don't love well enough. But I don't believe that that is what John is saying. Again,
0: I don't think that he's saying that fearlessness is a requirement for this exercise of God-rooted love. What he's saying is that it's a growing Reality, a growing result of the process that we are invited into as we step into the love of God. It is the work of being immersed in grace. And this is my, maybe my final point, because perhaps we struggle with this, because we don't think of this enough as a process. We don't think of it enough as a process. The understanding of salvation that some of us carry as an event doesn't really help either. But John is inviting us into a process. John is insisting that we don't give up on the process of knowing the love of God by learning to love our neighbor. He's insisting on this all through the letter. Don't give up on the process of knowing and being known by God through Learning to love our neighbor, especially our brothers and sisters, and learning the freedom of the love that God has for us. John has this fierce anchoring in God's love that is combined with a fierce insistence that there is nothing abstract about it. It is an unfathomable mystery that we can only wonder over in actual engagement with it. And somehow John holds these things in his hands and in his poetry at the same time. This mystery that we can't understand and express without these words that grasp poetically into the unknown, but at the same time that is experienced, felt, practiced, and known in acts of love and kindness and embrace, in things we feel with our skin and in the thumping of our hearts and in the movement of our feet
1: and the vibration of our bodies, Dear friends,
0: let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves
1: has been born of God and knows God. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Insist. This love. Keep on coming back to it. When it becomes
0: self-centered and inwards, right? Come back to it. It's an idol. When it becomes greedy and excludes, come back to it. Come back to the love of God. Come back to Christ. when it's stuck in our heads or surrounded by our fears, get back to it.
1: Love your neighbor. Love your brother and sister. Come back to Christ. First John is... It's not an easy letter because he refuses to let go.
0: He refuses to let us reduce God out of relevance, but he also refuses to let us reduce God into something we can hold. It's the unfathomable fathomable mystery of God and love that we cannot comprehend and embrace yet or embraced by and live in and act in and know by knowing the reality of the incarnated body of
1: Jesus Christ. Now, one of the ways
0: in which we as a community of faith try to hold these ends together <laughs> in our practice of faith as a community. One of the ways in which we do that is, is through Holy Communion. And that's one of the wonderful things about the sacraments, isn't it? Is that they, they, don't, just, they don't just happening, just not just happening in our in our understanding, right? In our rational assent to principles or whatever it may be. But it's, it's a bread I get and eat. It's a wine I drink. It's a body of believers that is around me. And they have faces. And they have smell. And they have uh, stories. And they have skin. And they have needs. And they have fears. And they have sorrows. And they have joys. And we come to this reality of the body given, of the blood shed, of the love that comes first yet makes itself present and gives itself for us that we may also love. And we take it in and we take it in again and again and again, and we share it, and we share it again and again and again, because we're in this process of knowing and living in the mystery of God, And the mystery of love. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May you know that he is gracious towards you. May the Lord turn his face towards each and every one of you. Into the reality of your life. And may he bring you peace. So go and the peace of our
1: Lord Jesus Christ and serve the Lord and serve the world joyfully.